Welcome back. This is Survived. With Sophie. And Lexi. We started telling our survive story in college and are moving on to bring you guys more. Through many different topics. And this is episode 17. 17 weeks. Yes. That's nuts. I can't believe we started this way back in November. I know. And now it's March. Happy March, everyone. Ooh. You excited for springtime? Yes. I'm excited for it to get warmer. And I know everyone always has their thoughts and their own opinions about daylight savings time. However, I love the spring daylight savings time only because it's lighter more in the evening. That is true. I feel so sad and dreary dreary at night. I hate the fact in the winter, it's four o'clock and it's pitch dark outside. Yeah, that... We're almost done. That part is no fun because... I don't know. Most people don't get done with work till five, so... Exactly. And then you feel like you don't want to leave your house because it's just dark outside all the time. Even when you wake up. I know. Yeah, that's true. But we're ready to bring on the sunshine. In the warm weather. I can really use the warm weather. Mm -hmm. Sick of all the snow that's coming in our area. Oh, have you gotten more over where you're at? Yes, we're always getting snow. Oh, we got some snow this morning. Okay, so then I'm thinking you guys gave that to us because I woke up this morning and I was like, there is snow on the ground. Where did this come from? Why are you here? Yes. Anywho, well, I hope everyone has a fantastic March. I know we already released an episode last week. That was our first March episode, but I know spring break is coming up for a lot of people, even if you're not doing a typical spring break. Um, I hope everyone just has a nice, relaxing March because it's almost spring. Almost Easter. Yes. So this week, we were thinking of doing a kind of themed episode right now. (laughs) I was going to say next week, but no, it's right now, (laughs) this episode. And it's going to be survival stories from family. And I'm going to talk about the case of Elizabeth Fritzel. And the reason why we're doing survival stories of family is because a lot of people, when they hear stories of survivors and these true crime incidents, they think, oh, that's a stranger. Just like the serial killer episode we released a couple weeks ago. However, there are many stories on where the family is to blame. So we're going to be talking about that. Yeah. um, So for the overview of our episode, we're going to talk about Elizabeth Frizzle, um, also known as the girl in the basement. And then because that story is kind of heavy, we're going to go with another story um, it is a survivor story. It's just a 
little bit on the different side than um, the first episode to kind of lighten up the topic. Yeah. <laughs> Just because the story, if you guys haven't heard of the story of Elizabeth Fritzel, it is very, very hard to hear. A lot of terrible things happened in this story that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, so I am going to just say, trigger warning, if you don't want to listen to this, um, anything about sexual assault, please skip either to the m- middle end of our episode or you can just wait until next week. That's totally fine. All right. So. And another thing I want to add about this Elizabeth Fretzel case here. A movie came out in 2021 called The Girl in the Basement. And it's based on this story as well. Um, isn't that on Amazon Prime? Yes. I thought it was on Netflix. When you Google it, it says Netflix. But it might just not be on Netflix in the U.S. anymore. Or they just took it off recently i'm not sure but you can definitely watch it on amazon prime and i'm pretty sure like roku tv and some other oddballs that not everyone has all right so i'm just gonna jump right into it the story of elizabeth fritzel so elizabeth was born on april 6 1966 and lived in Amsterdam, Lower Austria. She lived with her parents, Josef and Rosemary Fritzel. She had three sisters and three brothers. It's a lot of siblings. After completing her education at 15, Elizabeth started a course to become a waitress. In 1983, she actually ran away to Vienna with a friend to, from work and was found by police three weeks later. She rejoined her waitress course and found a job in Amsterdam. However, her home life was about to take a turn for the worst. And the reason why she ran away was because she was being abused by her father, Yosef, since she was 11 years old. Yeah, so that is why she wanted to become a waitress and try to um, get out of her home life. On August 28, 1984, her father, Yosef, asked Elizabeth to help her carry a door down into the cellar of their house. Once he fastened the door on, he knocked Elizabeth unconscious with an ether-soaked towel and locked her in. Rosemary, Elizabeth's mother, filed a missing persons report when Elizabeth was nowhere to be found. Weeks went by, and nobody heard anything from Elizabeth, which I can't even imagine being the mother in this situation at that moment, thinking your daughter has ran away or has gone missing or somebody kidnapped her, and... She's just locked in the cellar. Yeah, I feel like to be a mother who's lost a child, um, 
it's hard enough on its own, but to have no idea where that child went, um, if they're okay, if they're alive, if they passed on, then they never got the proper burial they probably wanted to give their kid. It's just a sad situation overall. Mm -hmm. So after weeks went by, Yosef happened to find a handwritten letter that arrived from Elizabeth. It stated that she ran away, and if they tried to find her, she would flee the country. She said she just didn't want to stay with her family anymore. And Yosef stated, oh, she probably ran away to some religious cult. She's been talking about that for a couple of weeks. She wanted to join this, this cult. So he kind of pushed that thought onto people when they asked about the letter. He pushed that thought onto the police and anyone else who would talk about that. After a couple of weeks of no leads on missing Elizabeth, her case sadly went cold. Hmm. Which is so sad. Over the next 24 years. So she was 18 when he first locked her in the cellar. She was down there for 24 years of her life. How do people... That part just like... Oh my I god. I can't even imagine that. No, how does that even... How does that even happen? Yeah. Oh, so for 24 years, Yosef would visit Elizabeth daily, or at a minimum, three times a week. He would bring her food and other supplies. He would also repeatedly S.A. her. The rest of the family didn't know what was going on or so we think they claim that they had no idea that she was in the cellar they didn't know what yosef was doing at all yosef would head down to the cellar at 9 a.m to draw up plans for machines that he sold sometimes he would spend a whole night down in the cellar but his wife didn't think much of it after all he was a hard-working man I'm sorry, what? Yeah. So after this all came to a conclusion, they asked Rosemary, hey, you know, have you seen any weird behaviors? Like, why didn't you see anything? You were in the house. Mm -hmm. She was like, well, he would go down to the cellar every couple days or every day, at least once. He said he was doing this. And he's such a hardworking man, I didn't think much of it. But it's like, what? Sometimes you're gonna question. She was like people. scared of him too. If I mean, if he could do that to his daughter, imagine what he probably did to her. That is true. They didn't speak too much on Yosef and Rosemary's relationship. I couldn't find too much on that. But yeah, she maybe could have been scared of him. Hmm. So, for the first two years. He left her alone, keeping her more as a captive. Then he began to S.A. her, which was a pattern that he started when she was 11. 
After two years in captivity, Elizabeth fell pregnant, but suffered a miscarriage. Two years after the miscarriage, she fell pregnant again. This time, she had a baby girl. Another two years later, after she had her baby girl, she had another child, a baby boy. Both children remained in the cellar for the entirety of Elizabeth's captivity. I I know we've been saying the same thing, but I'm just like, I cannot imagine what Elizabeth has gone through. Having children down there and bringing them up in a cellar and trying to be like, yeah, this is our home. I mean, she probably gave birth to those kids on her own, too, if you think about yeah. it. I mean, she mm-hmm. was completely alone. Oh, that is just insane. Elizabeth still attempted to give them somewhat of a normal life, and she did teach them education. They had a TV, a radio, a fridge, and a hot plate in the cellar for them to use as well. Elizabeth gave birth to five more children, five more, during her captivity. What? Gosh, that has to be so hard. Traumatizing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine that at all. One of the one of the children did pass away and she was only allowed to keep one of those extra five children that she had in the cellar with her. Yosef was going to bring the other three upstairs to live with him, he said. And after I like was researching that, I saw that he stated that, I asked how would he do that if all these children are living in this cellar with Elizabeth, and he's nobody's supposed to know they're down there. How would he bring them up into normal life? How would they react? And everyone, as a listener right now, is probably asking the same question if you haven't heard this story. So, he planted an elaborate story about finding the children. They would be found in the bushes or on the doorstep, accompanied by a note from Elizabeth that stated she couldn't take care of them anymore. And for some reason, no one questioned this. No one thought that was weird. There was three children just randomly found that Elizabeth supposedly abandoned and just dropped off at the doorstep. But she's supposed to be missing? Didn't she write the letter, though? Like, in quotations? Yes. She, so he would force her to write those letters, so it would be her handwriting. Oh. But it would say, I can't keep, can't take care of these children anymore, or this child anymore. And then she put it with the child, and he would bring the child upstairs. That has to be one of the worst lives to ever live. Yes. And why, why didn't she try to escape? Because 
when I was looking through this, I was like, she must have tried multiple times. And I'm guessing she did try everything in her power to escape. However, Yosef had threatened her and her children that if they ever tried anything, he would punish them by shutting their lights off or withholding them their food. So if they if he caught them trying to do anything to escape, he would shut all their lights off so they couldn't see anything and be pitch dark or he wouldn't feed them. He said if they tried to escape as well, he would threaten them like he would gas them in the basement. He would turn oh on the God. gas so they would be gassed. And if anyone touched the door, they would be electrocuted. And he mainly told that to the children because the children kept messing with the big cellar door. So that's very sad. Oh and I did, I, but I did read somewhere that the gassing threat was an empty threat because there was no way he could have turned on the gas so they could be, you know, gassed out by any means. That was totally him just trying to put fear in them. Yeah, but when you live in a cement basement yeah. all your life, you don't know any better. Yeah. That's very scary. That is. There was also a tenant who rented the ground floor in the house, and they stated they heard noises coming from the basement for years. But And they complained to Yosef about it. Yosef always said, oh, that's just the faulty pipes. It's the heater. It's this. It's that. Whatever, he usually said it was faulty pipes. And so the tenant didn't think too much of it. Oh, my. They were probably shocked at the end of this. They probably felt so bad, too, just on top of it, because it's almost like they could have done something, but they didn't know any better. Yeah. In that case, you think you're reporting it to somebody who's going to maybe do something, but in the end, it's the person who's at fault. Mm. Okay. On April 19th, 2008. So, she went into captivity in April, no, August of 1984. And then on April 19th, 2008, Elizabeth's daughter, her eldest daughter, was sick. She was critically ill and needed medical attention. Elizabeth begged Yosef to take her to the hospital. Eventually, Yosef agreed. He called an ambulance for her eldest daughter, Kirsten, and stated her mother left a note explaining the condition all these notes like hello he talked to people yeah kirsten had a life-threatening kirsten had life-threatening kidney failure yeah so she was down there like about to die and thank goodness like he let her go to the hospital yeah i can't believe like what would cause that to happen in the first place I'm sure a lot of things, but the fact that he let her go to the hospital is just amazing because he never 
seem to care about anybody else throughout this whole story. Mm -hmm. And I think her eldest daughter was around 18, 19, around this point. So she was an adult as well. Hmm. For So after she was admitted to the hospital for kidney failure, police questioned Kirsten about her mother and information for a week after that because things weren't adding up about the missing person's case that was opened for Elizabeth. And when things weren't adding up, the case was reopened. Finally, took him long enough. On April 26, 2008, Elizabeth pleaded with Joseph. So this was just a couple days later. Pleaded with Joseph to let her go to the hospital to see Kirsten. He eventually complied because he did not want to let her out of the cellar and took her to the hospital to see her daughter. Police took Elizabeth in for questioning And she stated she will not answer any questions unless they could promise her that she will never see her father again. She told them about all the years in captivity and everything that has happened to her in the cellar. The police arrested Yosef on April 26, 2008. He was found guilty of so many charges so many charges (laughs) and is facing life in prison good yes so that's how she it's not really kind of a crazy way she got out she didn't really escape herself it was more like she begged him to say i need to see my daughter she might die i need to go see her and say goodbye and that's and then the police kind of intervened And then she told the police everything. How old was Kirsten? Kirsten or Elizabeth? Kirsten. I think Kirsten was 19 when she was sick with the kidney failure. 18, 19. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) She was, she grew up her whole life in the cellar. Oh. Yeah. And today, Elizabeth Fritzel lives under a whole new identity in a secret Austrian village, apparently only known as Village X. And the home is under constant CCTV surveillance, and there's police patrol every corner. She's very paranoid, and I honestly don't blame her at all. Mm-mm. The family doesn't allow any interviews anywhere within their walls and declined to give. Um, hold on one second. Okay. The family doesn't allow any interviews within their walls and declined to give any details of themselves. Though she is now. Elizabeth now is in her mid-50s. The last photo taken of her was when she was just 16 years of age. That's crazy. 
The efforts to conceal her new identity were made to keep her past hidden from the media and let her live her new life. Good. I mean, she deserves it. I feel like out of anybody. Yes. Yes. I'm glad that she was able to get a new identity and kind of restart her life. But she shouldn't have had to gone through that at all to live a life. No, nope, no teenagers should ever have to endure that, especially from their parents. Yeah. And of somebody who she grew up with that she trusted, you know, when she was younger. And then I guess when she turned 11, that trust faded away. But still, you'd think she was just, she thought she was just helping put in a door. And there she is stuck for 24 years in a cellar. I wonder what, like, went through the dad's head about, you can't say it was an accident. No. I think just by, after reading this whole story of it, I think it was that he was thinking he doesn't want her to go away. She's growing up. She's either going to run away again, because she had that in her past. She did run away, and she wanted to leave her family eventually well yeah i feel like in a way she was forced out of it out of her family the place that she felt safe she couldn't feel safe in yeah i think it's just the fact that he did not want her to leave he wanted her to stay and he wanted to be in control so that is why he did that he's a sick person i'm glad he's rotting in prison yeah, I hope he he probably like gets beat up all the time. Yeah. Oh. So that is the story of Elizabeth Fritzel. She survived. But Oh, I can't even imagine what she is going through every day just by living through that situation. That is something that will haunt you. For sure. I think we should leave him down in a cellar for 24 years. Yeah, block him. That should be his, instead of just going to prison with all these people, he should be alone in a cellar. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that would be the best option for him. <laughs> Give him his own treatment. All right. Lexi. What is your story for this episode? Because I don't know if I've heard it before. Um, you know, this was kind of like a hard topic to pick. There's not many stories about parents taking their kids. But, um, so this is more of like a short story. And there's not really many articles about this one, but this one has... More of a happy ending. Yes, to lighten the mood after my story. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So in 1994, after Dorothy Lee Barnett abducted her daughter and ran away for 20 years. Now, um, I'm going to kind of talk about just kind of questions that I had to myself. Um, The article wasn't. There wasn't really a whole lot, um, 
and the articles that I did find didn't really have a whole lot either. But, so in 1994, to bring it back, um, her husband brought her to court and challenged her mental state. And at this time, Dorothy stated, I knew as a grown woman, I couldn't prove if I was mentally there. Um, if I couldn't prove that, they would take all my rights away. And the reason so, why... Hmm? So this started because her ex-husband brought her to court. Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, he claimed she was a violent person, threw flowers at her. He wasn't sure if, like, um, when he would come home sometimes, when they were still married, if he would walk through the door and receive a hug or, like, a vase of flowers being thrown at him. So Dorothy mm-hmm. and her husband did not end on good terms. So he claimed she was crazy and challenged her mental state. Well, the court system, when you challenge someone, another parent's mental state, they take it a lot more seriously than like, um, oh, they didn't play child support or they didn't do this kind of thing. So during a, a court-approved visit in this in April of 1994, Dorothy had her brother drive her and her daughter to the airport. While waiting for the flight, she was able to cut and dye her hair. What? <laughs> mm-hmm. This is how she got away. Um, so she said her thought process was that when it came time for her husband to pick up her daughter, they would already be in Paris by then. And no one would know. Um, a, when she disappeared, when her and her daughter disappeared, a FBI manhunt was launched, but was unsuccessful t- for two decades. Now, my question was... Years? Yeah. And her daughter was 11 months old when she went missing. What? Mm-hmm. When they went missing. Oh, my goodness. So, how did she get away with it for 20 years? That seems like such a long time. Well, back in the 90s, obtaining fake social documents were very, very easy to come across. And you couldn't really tell if they were real or not. Um, They didn't have um, a lot of safety measures that they do nowadays. Or the technology. Yeah, or the technology. And I'm sure there were people that had similar technology to mimic everything. So... She, they went under a different name. She cut her hair, changed, um, cut her hair and obviously colored it. So she's not going to look like the same person. She's going to look similar, but she's not going to look the same, not have the same name or anything. Um, so I'm not sure if the mom had to serve time or not when they were finally discovered. Um, it didn't really say how they were discovered, she was interviewed by 48 Hours, and she just really talked about her, do- her daughter and feeling and making sure her daughter was kept safe the whole time. She said she did it for her daughter, and at this time, the court was in favor of the husband with no reasoning besides what the husband was telling the court, so it was kind of like more one-sided than anything. Um, Todd... The ex-husband said she did it to hurt me. Wait, or, so hmm? how was she caught again? Um, there how was, was she found? That part, 
I think no one's really talked about because when I looked for it, they never really, no one's ever talked about how they were found. I'm guessing, I don't know. I really have no idea. Maybe she just ended up coming out of hiding. But if there's an FBI manhunt, then I don't know if you would just come out of hiding. No, I don't. See, like, that part was a little unclear for me. I couldn't really find, like, the middle part of the story. I just found the beginning and the after. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the most interesting part about this whole case was two psychiatrists both interviewed Dorothy back in 1994 and both stated she did not suffer from any type of illness and the allegations of her having mental issues were very unnecessary so even you have two people who have phds are sitting there saying no like she's perfectly fine and then the husband's coming over here saying like no she's not i experienced this you guys are liars um yes yeah the hus. i think the husband was more of like the trouble part of this whole relationship and i think she wanted to get away i feel like most women when they feel helpless, they run. And I think that's what she did. She grabbed her kid and ran. Because she was... And so she said she felt helpless. She couldn't do anything. Um, yeah, maybe couple, maybe mm-hmm. she felt, like, trapped in some way. Yeah, I honestly think that just because, like, Todd, the ex-husband, doesn't have... Wasn't very... He wasn't interviewed, and he wasn't very descriptive. Like I said, like, all he said was she did it to hurt me. Like, he, that statement itself doesn't really clarify a whole lot. Like, he just targets his wife again. Hmm. Um, Dorothy's last statement uh, to the press was, there's nothing wrong with me. I've never done anything violent. And um, obviously now she has two kids. So she said, I've raised two amazingly healthy, intelligent children. So she did remarry when she was in hiding. Wow. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're happily married. She's been happily married. The daughter's statement, there's no way I'm letting go of my mom. She's the best mom anyone could ever ask for. I think that also kind of shows something, too. If she was really that violent, I think the daughter wouldn't really say she's the best mom one could ever ask for. Yeah. Um, where are they now? <laughs> that seems... Um, it's unclear where they went. Um, it does not seem the, co- uh, the case ever went to court as the daughter never pressed charges or anything. Um, and the daughter also said her mom was never physical or crazy as her dad had stated. Hmm. So for... It kind of just sounds like the husband wasn't getting his way and she was able to get them both out of there before anything else happened which is kind of, it's good to hear about um unlike in the other story that Sophie had talked about yeah I can't believe she ran away to Paris was it Paris yeah her first destination for a couple years was Paris and then um she went to Austria I believe that's where my story is yeah (laughs) it really said she like when i was reading this too she said she bounced around a lot but her first destination was paris Hmm. yeah i can't believe she just was like okay i'm gonna 
cut and dye my hair and we're going to Paris. Hopefully no one finds me. I know. The fact that she was able to get away with it for so long, too. Um, I just feel like you would miss your family, unless she didn't have family or anything. But mm-hmm. Yeah, if she had family, I wonder if they wondered what happened to her. She just disappeared. Yeah, especially if you have a daughter who then you turn into a grandma and your daughter and your grandchild go missing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, that was an interesting story. I've not heard of the story of Dorothy Lee Barnett before. No, it's very interesting. I really liked how they kept the daughter's name hidden throughout this thing hall, too. Mm -hmm. She was never once stated in what her daughter's name is. Um, So who knows if that is her actual last name. But, yeah, no, that was interesting. I think this whole episode was over overall a very interesting topic just because um, a child is more likely to get taken by a stranger than their own parent. Yes. And you're more likely to be harmed by your family or an acquaintance statistically than a stranger like if you're an adult yeah don't they um whenever a woman is uh murdered don't they always look to the husband first Mm-hmm. yes they look to the spouse and any male in like close to the woman first but that kind of leads in into what we are going to be talking about next week is we're going to be talking about kind of the risk and danger level of certain situations because some people might think oh my gosh this is definitely going to happen to me it's because I see this or I hear about this but really that situation would be like a low risk and we'll go way more in depth in the next episode but There could be other situations where you think, oh, that would never happen, this and that. But there is been statistics showing that it is more statistically proven that there's a higher percentage of things like that happening. So that probably made no sense. But I'm trying to keep it concealed because I'm not trying to give out next week's episode in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, it'll be fun. We'll give you guys a bunch of random numbers and... It'll yeah, just be interesting. I think we'll learn a lot. You guys will learn a lot. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. And I think it's a good topic to to talk about too, because people really think like all this bad stuff's gonna happen to them when it really being that like looking at statistics, it's really not. You know, could be one in a million. Yep. So, and the things that you aren't worried about, you should be. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, I think we're gonna just sign out tonight, guys, on Survived. I hope you guys have a great March spring break. Anything that you guys have fun planned? Any anything at all? Oh yeah, that'll be next week. Mm Mm-hmm. Or 
in two weeks or three weeks whenever our listeners are doing fun things. Yeah. And stay tuned for the website. That'll get going here. Yes. Follow our Instagram at survived underscore (laughs) with underscore Sophie underscore and Lexi. Yep, that's it. Okay, yeah. I don't know why. I, like for some reason that one, that time it was not working for my noggin. <laughs> it was processing her brain. I could see it. It was there. It just was not coming out as clearly. <laughs> and email our Gmail. Provide with Sophie and Lexi at gmail dot com. And if you guys would like us on any other social media platform, let us know. At all. We I'm not sure. Maybe yeah. making a TikTok. Um, we we threw that idea around, but yeah, let us know if that would be something our listeners are interested in. If Instagram's outdated, I'm not sure. We're not like millennials, but we're also not like Gen Z. Like we're not the fresh Gen Z. So yeah. we are hopelessly in the middle. Where Sophie and I, I don't know. We're here. (laughs) We figure it out day to day. Yeah. So that's why we can never remember like which apps are like the cool ones to use. So let us know. (laughs) Alrighty. I hope all you listeners have a great week. You too. Well, anyways, (laughs) this has been Survived. With Sophie. And Lexi. Bye. Bye. Bye.